0: I started walking, and I was dressed um, almost like, like Lawrence of Arabia, you know, I was like all in like had my head all wrapped and I had brown skin and, and long robes and I'm walking through this desert. And then I see this massive pyramid, but it was not stone, it was light, it was made of light. And, um and I knew that we were there to activate it something about it was malfunctioning and it was like we were on this like galactic electrician crew <laughs> that's what that's what it felt like and then three of my other guys including shrepti so like a tall white like nordic looking elf um and then uh, me and then shrepti and then uh a Syrian a blue a blue Syrian with like gorgeous like glowing patterns on his face I uh, showed up and we stood on each separate corner of the pyramid and between us we were able to activate it and get it working again and then it started to connect to all these other pyramids and the whole planet you got to accentuate the positive ah!
1: Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. It's always so wonderful to be with you all again. And please remember, if you're liking the shows, to like and subscribe and leave your comment or send me an email and you can chat to us. I've got a Facebook group called the Awakening Empowerment Network, if you want to join that and chat. People post all sorts of things. I let people post anything in there, you know, people, other people post their shows. It's just about empowering us as we awaken in this world. Well, have I got a delight for you today. I've got the gorgeous and delicious Shate Karelian. Hello. Well, hello, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just saying to Shite. I, I, uh, haven't. Uh, she's an author and she's prolific, but I haven't read any of her books. And so I was trying to find out a little bit more about her. So I was looking at some interviews she did and I didn't find out anything about her. <laughs> So I'm going <laughs> to learn about Chaite today as much as our audience is. So let me just tell you a little bit about Chai Chaitae Karelian's greatest passion is the birthing of a new world out of an old, something we are currently right in the middle of here on planet Earth. A novelist, filmmaker, screenwriter, poet, Qigong teacher, Meditation Instructor and, and Spiritual Counselor, Shaitae is the author of two feature length screenplays and over 100 or 300 poems, 300 poems. The author with Visa Fiction, she's completed four novels. Have you completed more than four, four novels? Um, Completed, yeah, completed
0: have we on to five four four completed and ready to and, go.
1: and five on the way and 15 <laughs> yeah. more to come including the visionary fiction series leader of legend she's also the author of the award-winning film
0: or short film the wolves which is a, a longer film right the wolves is going to be a longer film um yes yeah, so the feature we're now in uh pre-production on the feature length film of the of the short film yeah cool Shaitae has
1: been channeling novels since she was a child. Her writing has been uh, about recording lives on other worlds, worlds that have gone through what earth is going through now. Shaitae feels her purpose for being here on earth, told to her by her guides a long time ago, is to remember, remind and record. She's been writing about other worlds going through the same transition that earth is now for over 30 years and believes earth is being reborn into a new light and a new way of being. She believes how we live and show up in the world is vital at this time on earth. Many people are here to hold and draw down the light and she is bringing these stories and this light into the world through her writings, her work and her movies. Shate lives in Park City, Utah, USA Utah. <laughs> And you've got a couple of, you've got a couple of uh, websites. you've got shite.com. And you've
0: got Mm -hmm. What What's the difference between the two of them? Um, So Shite.com is my own um, personal website. And then ShiteKarelian.com is one that the uh, publisher set up for Uh each of his authors. So,
1: yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so let's hear about what was happening to you as a kid. Like
0: when did it all begin <laughs> <laughs> uh, well it uh, began actually i wrote little things as a as a 5 year old was just always writing and then at 9 i wrote a little short story uh, for a writing contest the school it was a halloween writing contest and they said write a story and enter it and we'll have this little contest and and uh, and i wrote that at 9 uh, the same way that i all of my writing since then has happened i just saw this little image in my mind, and as I started to write about it, it just unfolded like a a movie that plays inside my my third eye, and I just write what I see, and so I did that, and then we turned it in, and then I never heard anything, and then I got home one day from school um, after, well, actually that day, the teacher had gone to the chalkboard and written this huge word on the chalkboard. He'd written the word plagiarism. None of us had ever even heard that word. We were in ninth grade, you know, or nine years old. So what is that? Not ninth grade. Um, and we're like, we don't know what that is. But the whole time he was looking at me and I was getting really freaked out and kind of stressed. I'm like, why is he looking at me? And then I get home and my mom said, the teacher called uh, called me into school saying that they did not admit your story into the contest because they said no nine-year-old could have written it and that was all they had they didn't find out where I'd plagiarized it nothing you know they just said no nine-year-old could have written this so clearly she stole it and that was that and my mom said I told them that I watched you write it and then I typed it up for you you know on my typewriter because I didn't know how to type but um so after that I kind of got you know, kind of scared as a little kid, you know, uh, this happening. And and then at uh, 13, I had a dream and it was in May. And a year later to the same night, I had the continuation of that exact same dream. And that same day I started to write and started to write um, actually my first novel, which I think it will be my last novel. I'm almost at over a thousand pages on that one. <laughs> from when I was 14, and I think, and I kind of have the, like the intuition, the sense that it was my first, and it will also be my last I ever write, so it's not out, and it will probably not be out for many, many years, but I did start to write that, and it was the same thing, it was just like this download of of memories, and I would just write what I saw, and then um, the Leader of Legends saga that I am currently working on, that first book happened at 16, also from a vision, I was just sitting in my room and I see this man standing underneath a tree and uh, then I pulled back and just started to write about him and it just unfolded. And that's the first book in the Leader of Legends saga, um, Wing and Neon, and it's that will eventually be four books in the same world involving um, the same people. but. Yeah, it wasn't until like in my late 20s, early 30s, when I realized that all of the novels that that I'm getting, that I'm remembering of other lives on other worlds, are worlds that are in that transition period. They are going through a time of where the old system is decaying and falling apart, and something new is being built. And I had that epiphany moment where I was like, that's why these, because I know that we've all lived myriad of lives, you know, um, yeah. but I'm like, why is it these and specifically that I'm remembering? And, um, and I realized that that was why that was the common thread through all of them is it's an expansion of consciousness into a new world as the old one and the trials that come with the old worlds mm-hmm. crumbling and falling apart. Yeah. Absolutely. I was saying,
1: you know, I was on a group last night and we were talking about this. And I was saying, it's a bit like those renovation shows. You know, those renovation shows on television.
0: <laughs> well, they have to break the house
1: apart. And then they have yeah. like, they've got demolition day. And it's like he comes yeah. with his same camera and he goes, Demolition day. <laughs> and I'm like, we are going through demolition this day. Is
0: demolition day. Oh, 100%, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
1: To you know, to build the new, home, you have to break down the old one. So, so these are channeled messages. When you started receiving this information, did it come with like spirit guides or like, did they kind of give you a clue or are they just giving you the information? Like, how's it happening? How's it unfolding?
0: Um, So I eventually, so I had, and this, I found this, with you know meeting other experiencers and just reading about other experiencers i had all of the same experiencer you know a lot of the same like big animal heads all of a sudden showing up in the window (laughs) and you're like mom mom can you see that no i can't see that you're like it's right there and then invisible friends invisible friends seems to be a real common theme among experiencers and um I do remember as a child going up in two different ships. One was, and I didn't know it was an Arcturian vessel until I had another vision of tall blue beings surrounding me. And they said, we invite you to sit in council. And after the very next day, I I was kind of led to get a book and I think it was one of Barbara Marciniak's books and it said in there and I saw it was mostly Pleiadian but I saw in there the word Octarian as soon as I heard Doctorian, boom all the lights went on. And I was like that was that ship that I went up in as a child. And then there was another ship I remember going up that was more of a mixed crew there were. Pleiadians and Syrians and cat beings and reptilians and grays and hybrids. And it was just like a mix of, of everybody on this ship. And those were the two strongest memories I had of um, being like a little kid. They just walk right in through the wall and just wake me up. And I'd like, sweet, it's you again. (laughs) You know, and I'd take their hand and we'd walk through the wall and we'd get in the shuttle and we'd go up to the big ship and and it was just like going home. So I guess I was really lucky uh, because it wasn't until just the last few years and I'm 50. So it's just been the last few years that I've really been understanding that a lot of people very traumatic experiences with abduction but i i never had that i thank goodness i was always very excited to go and in fact i never wanted to come back <laughs> they, they finally they're like we have to stop coming and getting you physically because you're having a real hard time you don't want to go back and i was like that's true yeah i felt Weird and out of place here, and so alone and so homesick. My whole life, and they're like, "So we're gonna stop coming in person, and we're just gonna be around etherically." You know what I mean? You'll still come etherically. We'll, you'll still be able to feel us, but we're not gonna take you in in body anymore because you're already having a hard enough time staying on Earth. So we're just gonna, we gotta, we gotta hands off for a while and just let you be, and you know, know we're nearby and. And uh, that was really hard to take for sure. Uh, you know, I cried a lot. I felt really, really sad and lonely after that, after they said that they weren't going to actually take me physically anymore. Um, but I still feel them around and in meditation, I can call on any of them, you know, that I, that I want or feel like, you know, they would, they have, or if they have something to say, then they'll just come in and, and say it. But yeah. Kind of like you, you are, you are like really in communication with your guides, aren't you? It seems like yes. you're very, very got, in tune, very, I got yeah. the mob on tap. But uh, so when they, <laughs> when they came, like,
1: um, when did that stop? When did they say, okay, we're not going to take you physically anymore? How old were you?
0: I was seven. You were seven. Okay. I was seven. Do re- so they- do you remember what they look like? um it was the that was the arcturians and i've heard a lot of people say a lot of different things of what they have experienced but mine were tall seven foot seven feet tall blue and barely had a body it feels like you could almost like pass your hand through them if you got you know a humanoid form Uh the big almond eyes um but very like maybe six density you know like very very thin you wouldn't be able to go up and like push him over. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. just be like, yeah, that's funny. What are you doing? Um, yeah. So, and they feel like my family and it's only been recently that I've been able to, um, get some confirmation of it's a three system world. And I in Arcturus and I've incarnated on these three worlds the most, and that's why they feel like the closest to my soul family. Um, you know, and then in this life, more of a, more of a hybrid, I've got a bunch of different, yeah, um, confirmed that I've got a bunch of different etheric DNA going on in this particular body to hold the, to bring those frequencies together, um, you know, to try and like create some healing and stuff, I believe. Yeah. So, but yeah, primary family feels is, is Arcturian, so.
1: Do you remember what they said to you as a kid, like why you were human? Like, like I, I would imagine that when you're up on the ships, you're kind of like, why am I there and not here? Can't I I I come home? <laughs> Kelly, please
0: go home. <laughs> and they're like,
1: this is what <laughs> we've got to do. <laughs>
0: And you're like, ah, no. <laughs> it's like, wait, my my friend, a close friend of I of mine. We say all the time. We thought it was a good idea at the time. That's <laughs> what we want on, like, our headstones. We thought it was a good idea at the time. We're so stupid. Uh, oh, not man. stupid at all. I mean, <laughs> it is a good idea. Just feels like it's not a good idea. It just feels like it's not like
1: when you're in yeah. lockdown for months and months. Right. <laughs> Especially
0: the last two years, right? You're yeah. like, okay, maybe this was really dumb. Um, I do know it's it's interesting. And it was actually the kind of when this claw kind of started uh, about 20 years ago, I felt this tall reptilian, really big. Before I, I knew much about reptilians before there was much on the internet, you know, like early nineties. So there really wasn't a whole lot to go to, to do research. And he honestly scared me to death at first. And I was like, and I couldn't see him. I could only see him in my mind's eye. And then I could just feel where he was, you know? And I was like, okay, I, I knew that we had a past, but I wasn't ready yet. And I was like, okay, you need to keep your distance because you're kind of freaking me out. And every time I asked him, he would totally keep his distance or just disappear, you know? Um, and then, as time went on, then I got his name and it showed up in my writing. I was told by, by the, by the guys, by the guides, um, that all the, my answers will show up in my writing. And it's true. They do because I had written about him and I was like, Oh my gosh, I really did write about him. And his name was there and everything. And it's holy crap. So, um, I'm starting to remember a lot of lifetimes that he and I have had together. And, um, have you ever heard of, uh, are you familiar with Barbara Lamb? Yeah. Did you know Barbara Lamb? Okay, so good. Yeah, so I scheduled a session with her two years ago and um, went, drove to San Diego and was able to see her and, and have a session with her in her home. It was beautiful. Um, and we instantly went to being a five-year-old and this being comes and gets me. And like I said, they walk through the wall and they go up in the ship. But when we got up there, it, there was something weird about, about, him he'd like look like a pleiadian and then he wouldn't and then i finally looked at him and he was that tall reptilian and i was like and then um i sat up screaming during the session uh because he said i'm your father (laughs) sat up screaming in the middle of the session poor barbara bless her and then she was able to get me to come back down and, and go inside uh you know get and calm down and go back to you know to the meeting on the ship Um, but it affirmed for me that he and I have had many lifetimes together and there seems to be this epic struggle on earth between light and dark and that I am the very, very empathic, very intuitive, so much feeling. And he's, you know, very like just, just observing and non-emotional and we've had many lives together. And I think us having his DNA and us working together that way is creating if i can heal that in me then it will help heal it for the world so i understood that that's why we did that in this particular body in this particular lifetime to help heal those old wounds even from the orion wars and you know and earth and all of it to help heal heal that and he's learning so much from me he's learning about emotion and about connection and these kinds of things and but he's still very very loving to me not in like 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 you and i would probably experience you know what i mean but we were so animated and stuff but i still feel a great deal of love and uh, protectiveness uh from him and i did get the world that he is from but they said it's not on our star map somewhere in Scorpio. But, um, you know, but he said he would not be offended if I just called him the reptilian man. But I do have his name and, you know, and I've been calling him by his name for years. And, and um, so I think, so that was really special because you get little hints, you know what I mean? So it's fun to kind of put the puzzle together and, and then receive that affirmation that, you know that I felt a long time ago that we have worked to, that by our working together And so many reptilian species now are realizing that they cannot progress beyond the sixth density as service to self that um only in service to others can they advance beyond and there are you know many reptilian races or so i've heard that they're they're just fine staying in the sixth you know but that most it seems most now from what i'm experiencing myself and hearing from others that they want now to expand uh beyond the service to self and uh become oriented more towards service to others and That is, I think that's a beautiful expansion of consciousness too that we're also experiencing here on Earth.
1: Wow, that's that's really beautiful. I mean, there is this (laughs) there is this narrative out there that you know this idea that all reptilians are evil, you know, horrible, horrible. But Mm I've seen so many people in in regressions and you know see their reptilian lives and and see that. But but hearing you today has given me a new perspective on them so a race that has been predominantly service to self is you know doing its best to turn it around and it's yeah. and it's contacting you know souls that are coming into the human body Help them, like I'll help you, you help me, and together Mm -hmm. we'll make a difference,
0: you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful co creation, you know, where and I need to be more calm and more centered. And he gives me that, you know, because the more I get involved in the problem and forget that this is just a bio suit and I and, you know, and trying not to identify just with this body and this ego, he is great at helping me breathe and just get some perspective on it, you know, and then I help him understand the human emotion and, and the empathy and, you know, all of that kind of thing. And it's, it really is a beautiful co-creative process that we're in.
1: It is. And and of course, all of us as humans have what's called the reptilian mind, which is that Mm -hmm. which is that military like mind where you can get very organized and strategic and logical and um, not feeling so. It's actually yep. beautiful to have the combination of both because if you're too empathic and in your feeling sense, you're all over the shop like a mad woman's breakfast and you're not getting anything. <laughs> that is exactly it. <laughs> oh, so yes. It's, <laughs> it's nice to have that sort of strategic military type sort of influence inside that
0: creative free-flowing yeah. empathic <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a, 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 a rudder what was it they're like the a woman a woman's energy is more like the ocean and then a man's energy is more like the runner. the ship ah. that that cuts through the ocean like holds the straight line and I was like oh that's true because there's a woman I'm like, just everywhere you know storms come up and then the storms and then it's you know one minute it's trying to kill you And the next minute it's like what <laughs> so so, yeah. so for people that are watching the video but like show them your finger
1: show them your ring oh, so people on audio. I'm going to describe it to you it's a metal ring on her index finger which is like a claw it goes all the way yeah, all the sure way I mean. it's fabulous it's fabulous so what's There's the story right. around that you said that something had something to do
0: with him What's well, his yeah name, so the I think um name? it's uh shrepti Shripti, Cool man. Shripti. Yeah. Um, and I, it's so funny because I was just so attracted uh, when I saw it and I was like, "Whoa, I have to have that. And it wasn't until later I realized, oh, that's clearly his influence. You know what I mean? It's like, this is why I was so attracted to this. And it's like, oh, I have to have it, you know? So it was just funny. It was just like all the little things that we love and we're interested in. It's like, if you tug on that thread a little bit, you can see where yeah. it's, you know what I mean? Where there's, a that, there's a bigger story behind it. A bigger story behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Other lives and other experiences and yeah, that come so into play.
1: Is he one of your characters in the
0: leader of legend series or mm-hmm. where is he, no. where does he fit in the writing? Um, he is, he has shown up in two of my novels now that are not completed and yeah, are separate from the leader of legend. Um, leader of legend was more inspired by, I know now, um, and, and Urma, uh, one of the feline, one of the feline cat races. So this, this big black cat head with glowing green eyes, that was one of the ones that showed up in my bedroom window. And I can only assume now it was after I'd been up in one of the ships and they were dropping me off. And then, you know how a lot of people will see owls is a really common one or, or a deer or whatever. So um, this big cat head and then that cat, the just keeps showing up and the cat showed up. It's a big black panther with glowing green eyes is uh, features <laughs> heavily in Wing and Knee. And that's like wings spirit guide kind of in, um, in Wing and Knee. so it's funny cause I mean that showed up as a 16 year old and this big cat was there um in Wing and Nian as yeah so so Wing and Nian
1: are characters in the leader of legend I didn't I didn't yeah they're uh, they're
0: two brothers
1: okay so Wing and Nian is the first book leader of legend saga one Wing and Nian Wing and Nian yep and then the second book is uh um did you see it son of (laughs) the son of
0: you you tell me the son of okay so um actually Son of the Metna is a different world and that's going to be two books and that one is done Um, so that's yeah that's a different world and then Wing and Nian is going to be Wing and Nian and then the second book is Jason and Tama Jason is Wing's son and then the other two are um Lant and Monterey who are like the mentors they're like the Obi-Wan Kenobi Obi Wan Kenobi's of Wing and Nian. and so we're going to be going back in time to tell their story, and then the last one is going even further back in time from Wing and neon and talking about Lyric and Seka, who is Wing's like great, 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 great grandfather. So we're kind of doing the Star Wars thing, we're kind of starting out in the middle and then going a little ahead, and then going back in, you know, Back to the Future, um, going back into the past to tell the story of the leader so that's the four books there and then sort of the metna um i think it'll be two books i've kind of started the second book um in that of that world so so the four books that you've written are two in the leader of legend
1: saga and then yep. two novels that are separate but they separate they kind of dovetail with the stories that are in the leader of legend saga is that um how it's
0: Actually, no, they're totally separate. So Son of the Metanah is a completely okay. different world. Um, and then Tristle and Journier is the other one that's done. And it's also a completely different world. The only thing they really have in common is that they are visionary fiction. And that in each one of them, an old world, an old way of doing things and of being is is dying. And these people are kind of you know, the, this, the seeds and the kind of the pivot point into, into a whole new world. So that's, that's really all, that's the common thread of all the writing, but they're all, uh, yeah, different worlds. So visionary fiction,
1: I love that name, visionary fiction. Um, Have your guides said to you that what they're giving you is, is remembrance, like memory, or is it, is it complete fiction? like what what
0: is um, what is visionary, visionary fiction visionary fiction um yeah visionary fiction took a long time to come to i i explained it as um as instead of writing something where the the world devolves into something worse apocalyptic or you know end of end of times or whatever that visionary fiction is about yeah there will be some hard times but eventually it will get better instead of turning into zombies <laughs> so that's that's kind of was my definition of visionary fiction and then a friend the other day um who's part of the visionary fiction alliance she said for me it's about an expansion of consciousness and i was like that's that's the that's the best thing i've heard ever so it is um it's about expansion into consciousness
1: (laughs) you are an answer to my prayers to my screaming at the television because I love fiction you know I love sci-fi and And there it's always so negative it's and it's Mm -hmm. and so much so much of the futuristic shows that movies that come out are the sort of apocalyptic theme world mm. has died and everyone's suffering yeah. and they're struggling yeah. to survive and they're right. all killing each other to for the uh-huh. moral of food or whatever you know and then mm-hmm. the quest is to whatever the quest is but it's always yeah. it's like and I watch this stuff and I think what is with these people obviously these people are creating a timeline and reality that yeah. is available to right. go down right
0: right not uh, the
1: one yeah. I want to go down I want to go down this no. this like okay you know demolition day happens and then we're renovating yes. we build the new house the building of the yes. new
0: house the mm-hmm. better more modern more sustainable house yeah oh 100% yeah I, I have a hard time watching it too I'm like is there anything is this I know it's because it's really what sells <sighs> um, but I'm like Ah, you know, can we not imagine instead of things devolving, things evolving into something better? Yeah, we'll do this demolition, but the thing that we'll build will be, like you said, it'll be so much more sustainable and so much more beautiful. And, you know, and we can just actually enjoy being human. We don't have to have all this strife in order to have an experience. And it's one path to growth you know but it's not the only path to growth right and and i think we can we're we're creating something something new and something and something better birthing something better out of the out of the ashes of the old yeah i'd like to believe so
1: there's a visionary
0: fiction alliance oh i love that yeah (laughs) isn't it great (laughs) so yes the visionary fiction alliance um Yeah. Great bunch of people. Um, Actually, since uh, we first spoke and, um, and, you know, scheduled for the show, um, sadly, my publisher has died. Oh, he, yeah, he. um, Is this the Visa, Visa? This is Vizia fiction. Oh, it's Vizia.
1: I've said it wrong. Vizia. Vizia.
0: Yeah. No worries. No worries. Oh, wow. So
1: he's, he's left his pod. Right. Yeah. He, uh,
0: he got rid of this bio suit fast. Like they, they missed he had cancer and they missed it for like eight months. And by the time they diagnosed it, they gave him a month and he he only went 10 days and he's like, I'm done, I'm out of here. So bless him. Yeah. I heard you happy.
1: saying on another show bit. that you had, you know, dreamt for years to be a published author. Yeah. And I'm like, if you've got a book on Amazon, does that, are you not published? Like, cause I've got <laughs> published books on it. Like, okay, so I'm not a published author. And as I was listening- oh no. As I was listening to you, I was thinking, that doesn't matter. That's old school thinking, you know. That is yeah. old school thinking. So many people are yeah. putting their books out. I don't know if you've heard of Preston Dennett. Prolific. He's like got twenty nine books out there talking oh, about. Does he really? And they're all self published, and they're doing great guns. And oh, I, I don't know so if great. the book is if the book is in writing and it's selling, it's
0: published. To me, it's published. So I, you know, honey, I needed to hear that too because I was like, if you're an indie filmmaker you're super cool if you put out your own music you know as an independent independent musician you're awesome but as an indie author or a self-published author people are like I think that's really (laughs) you know what I mean and I'm like that is not okay you know what I mean it's it's no different
1: it's all paradigm thinking and and uh you know like publishers like like people that represent musicians are dying because i mean not, mm-hmm. not literally like your publisher but it's a dying yeah. art because yeah the, the internet provides an audience and so what can your publisher do that the internet can't do i don't know yep. you know they, they're yeah. going to take most of the money and so i don't mm-hmm. know it's a, it's a dying world and there's a new world yeah, emerging is. which is more autonomous and more yeah
0: Mm-hmm. You're not under
1: the control. You know, they take the copyright, don't they? Maybe they don't do that anymore.
0: Um, yeah, no, he was still considered smaller independent. Um, mm. so but he he just took the rights for five years for each novel and then okay. they would revert back to me. Okay. So not bad. But now, now that he's gone, there's really no one to take up um his helm right. uh for that. So I think all the rights are going to refer you know, revert back to the authors. And then I think we might just do um, like a pass-through company, pass-through publishing type thing where visionary fiction authors are is kind of the umbrella you know and then you just kind of publish through there but you still take care of your own stuff so um yeah kind of like a, another hybrid mix of which is what the internet has given us <laughs> you know what I mean yeah we don't have to wait for permission please you know what I mean right um, you know I've got we a it. We could, like, favorite it out.
1: I've got a favorite guest that puts out books and uh he's with a he's with a new age you know like a conscious publisher but uh-huh. he finished his book at the end of where are we it finished his book at the end of last year and submitted it and yeah. then I'm like oh so it's going to be out this year and he's like no the publisher said it's not going to come out until 2022 like they took it they were going to take a year to get this thing out and I'm like mm, my head. dang you know this is what you're going to put up with when you you know, with yeah. publishers, like why oh, are they gonna yeah. take a year to get this thing out? I mean, what's so hard about just getting the thing out? Yeah. Anyway, I'm thinking so like- self- and Preston who's like, <laughs> no, right, next not- book up, next book up. And he just pops them all <laughs> up on, you know, he's just prolific, just popping That's them all up on so Amazon. I'd have and to then- look him up. Preston, what did you say? Preston, Preston Dennett, he was in our oh, Preston in the <laughs>
0: He, oh, that's love his great. Stuff. he
1: was in our inner sanctum this week, uh, this month. Uh, yeah. where,
0: uh, anyway, time. you're like, where are
1: we? <laughs> and uh, I'll be putting up the highlights soon. But yeah, and he's, pro- he's prolific writer and he's a researcher, but he's also a contactee himself. And we yeah. actually spoke about um, he's put out a book on astral travel. And uh, when you were talking about going up on the ships as a kid, I was thinking about him because once he perfected astral travel, it took him years to perfect it. Uh He was like out in the outer realms and seeing his dead relatives and taken to the like heavenly realms and seeing all this beautiful. And I said, didn't at any stage, you feel like it was so beautiful. You didn't want to come back. And he said, no, not really. He said, no, I really wanted to come back. And he said, Oh, really? Interestingly (laughs) enough when you're connected to your body here on earth, it's kind of hard to stay there when you're astral, deliberately astral traveling. It's yeah. like your body is constantly it's a magnet you, pulling you back. You back. Yeah. 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 But that, that, um, that's what NDEs say, you know, they're in this, this, these celestial realms where it feels so amazing yeah. and they feel like they want to stay there and not come back. But uh,
0: well, that's interesting. What you said, I just put pieces together when my crew one of them um was like we're not taking you physically anymore because you don't want that makes sense now right keep the physical body here because it's that magnet it's like we are probably all up on ships etherically all the time right right. but this body is a magnet to keep pulling the consciousness back until we're done doing what we came here to do so that makes a lot of sense i know
1: and this is this is what Preston was saying, it's something I've always known that we're all out of body. Everyone is out of body at night, mm-hmm. oh, but yeah. we have no memory of it when we come back in the morning. And he said that he saw his sister and his brother out of body when he was astral traveling. And he said, you know, you're out of body, don't you? And they go, oh. <laughs> really? we so we all astral traveling? Yeah, yeah. And they go, well, yeah, we know that. And he goes, Oh my gosh. Um, well, so will you funny. remember it when you get back in body and can we talk about this when you can you know get yeah. back and they go no I won't remember and he said well why won't you remember he said I just can't remember I don't remember so they knew when they're out of body that they don't remember like that they, they don't absolutely- remember when they're back in their body yeah and he was saying he was saying well can't you make yourself remember and they go no, no. <laughs> they're like
0: very simply no you know it's so funny because my partner that you saw you know he's getting me set up he's He's so on board more than anyone I've ever met, but he has no memories no what? memories Yeah, and he and it's so frustrating for him sometimes and i'm like there's got to be a reason why your soul you know your higher consciousness is like you don't need to remember you know what i mean there's got to be a reason but it's sometimes like very frustrating like i just want to remember just one little thing and i've seen him on the ship when i go up you know right. what i mean and yeah. i remember so i've told him and he's totally like cool <laughs> you know but it's, this it's, it's, it's thing that he would remember this
1: amnesia thing for humans is so strong it's so strong and I guess I'm getting now that it's all a part of the activation of your DNA the more that you activate the the other strands of your DNA the more you have memory and access it's all part of the awakening process so they're saying like the not memory that having the no memory is a part of the evolutionary process and when you start Mm -hmm. to evolve then that kicks in, but like you, you can go and have hypnosis and you can remember it's all, it's all there. If you want to, if you want to know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's all there. Just, just under the surface. If you just let go for a minute and yeah. What else did you discover?
1: Did you only have one session with Barbara?
0: I just had one with Barbara and then I had one with a woman here. Um, that was, who also did, um, Dolores Cannon's Q H H T. Um, and that was really cool. That was actually right, r- literally like three days before we went into lockdown here in Utah. I had um, a session with her and it was beautiful. When I came down off of the cloud, I don't know if you're familiar with QHHT, they take you up to the cloud, then you come down the cloud. And um, I came down this world in this massive dust storm and there. And then I started walking. And I was dressed um, almost like, like Lawrence of Arabia, you know, I was like all in, like had my head all wrapped and I had brown skin and, and long robes and I'm walking through this desert. And then I see this massive pyramid, but it was not stone. It was light. It was made of light. And, um, and I knew that we were there to activate it. Something about it was malfunctioning. And it was like, we were on this like galactic electrician crew. (laughs) That's what that's what it felt like and then three of my other guys including shrepti so like a tall white like nordic looking elf um and then uh me and then shrepti and then uh a syrian a blue a blue syrian with like gorgeous like glowing patterns on his face uh, showed up and we stood on each separate corner of the pyramid and between us we were able to activate it and get it working again and then it started to connect to all these other pyramids and the whole planet like came alive with this massive, getting chills, massive pyramidic grid, you know, it was so cool. Um, And then after that, um, right before, you know, I was, we were about to be over, I saw earth and I saw like black archons and I love spiders. People have taken offense to this, they're like spiders aren't bad. And I'm like, this is just a metaphor, okay? I love spiders. but black spiders like archons crawling all over the earth, almost infesting. And then I saw just the sky filled with ships and all of these ships were communicating with their star seeds and the star seeds were all these bright platinum lights. And again, just like that pyramid, this grid, this platinum and gold grid just lit up the earth and connected everything and everyone together. And all of the the, like archon spiders, all the dark energies just kind of like turned to dust. So it was this really beautiful, like metaphorical vision of what's happening on earth. And like I said, this was just right before we went into lockdown um, and early early 2020, so. It was a beautiful, beautiful vision from that, from that uh, hypnosis. Yeah.
1: The synchronicity of this conversation is so bizarre. You know, I was saying last night I was online with some girlfriends and one of them, when she had her awakening, had this awakening, this is this, um, experience with this black panther like you were talking about the black panther i'm like oh did she really there's the black panther <gasps> i have and never then, met
0: anyone that I, was like a, a big black. okay i'm this trying is cool.
1: to get her to write it she's busy she's got a stack of kids and she works as a yeah you know she's got a corporate job and anyway right. she's busy i'm like you've got to get this down because i'm getting her to do a chapter in in the book you know the awakening soul series her awakening oh, okay. with the Black Panther. anyway she'll get it down one day beautiful and then last night after I got offline, I went and watched um, Gaia TV and the Cosmic. Dis- no, I was yeah. watching something on Gaia. I can't remember. Disclosure. Anyway. No, it wasn't. Oh, God, me, I can't remember. I've watched so much stuff. But they were talking about the spiders. They were talking oh, about were the they spiders. Really? <laughs> and they were saying, one, this person was saying that they infest, like they're these gigantic beings They're real. Mm -hmm. They're gigantic beings Mm -hmm. and they infest planets like they, like a spider can lay millions of eggs. They go and they. Eggs. Yeah, that's, yeah. And they're very into control. Like they're they're nefarious in that they like to control things. And um, just Mm -hmm. your vision of the spiders and the control we're going through. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is so simple. Because it's the same conversation I'm listening to
0: last night. Oh, really? (laughs) The Black Panther and the huge, because they were huge spiders. And it, yeah, it was, it was, Wow. So holy cow. But I love the vision of the ships all beaming down to the star
1: seeds and then they just yeah. all disintegrate that that influence because yeah. it's a it's an influence. It's not like they're here physically, because obviously we don't see giant blacks but spiders everywhere. It's spiders, yep. <laughs> but there is some conscious influence on our world that um, is yeah. dissolving with all the star seeds and light workers that are here yeah yeah
0: yeah it's so beautiful that's so much light and i keep getting because for so long i was like i don't feel like i'm doing enough and my guys would be like what you read in the in the bio you're here to remember rewind and record and i'm like okay i've done all of those things i remember I'm writing it down, recording, and I'm reminding people through my writing and also friends or family, whatever that I run into. And I have a flashback, a memory of us on another planet or another world, another interaction. And I can share that with them. And, but sometimes I still am like, "Ah, I don't feel like I'm really, am I really, is this, is that it? You know, am I, is that, you know? And then I keep getting the message of, you don't have to do anything, just being on earth in a physical body. (laughs) and embodying that etheric DNA is drawing down that energy into the planet. And if you didn't do anything, if you could just sleep all day, which none of us can, because we got to pay the bills, but you know, it's like, if that was all you did was just have your feet on the earth and breathe, you are fulfilling your mission of, bringing down and anchoring light into this planet at this time. Right. So that right. message keeps getting drilled into me when
1: uh, that's I feel so like cool. I'm not doing enough, you know, I constantly I feel it. like I'm not doing enough constantly. And, and my guides oh, say, basically would say the same thing, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, um, yeah. Cause you know, you see people that are doing masses of stuff. I was listening to a conversation with Elon Musk and mm-hmm. he was saying that when he was a kid, he felt so, um, he was bullied a lot as a kid and he felt so isolated and strange and not normal because his mind was constantly exploding with ideas. And then as he's grown up, he's fulfilled many of those ideas. And my mind is constantly exploding with (laughs) ideas too. And I fulfill very little of
0: them, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a lot going on. I don't know, you did a whole conference, didn't you? I mean, look at you, you put together a whole conference. Oh my gosh, I would, yeah. That's
1: Um, Amazing. But I constantly feel like I'm not doing enough, and and my guides say the same thing. like when your mind is exploding with ideas, you feel like you have to fulfill all of them, but you you don't. you don't have to fulfill all of them. Maybe just having the idea is just anchoring that consciousness here on earth. And if somebody else manifests your idea, it's like I was having a conversation with a friend the other day. Wow. Um, I was talking to a friend and he had, he started a conscious community and putting on events and then we're locked down. And I yeah, said to him, yeah. maybe you want to consider doing it online. You know, and I told him about the conference, the higher self conference. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, no, 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 I don't do the online thing. And I said, maybe you want to consider it because of this. And so right. a week later, he's doing this online conference. <laughs> With a whole lot of my friends, and I'm I'm not included in it. And then I I was sort of like got in my ego, like, huh, why didn't they include me in it? And Wait a minute, I, that was my idea. I'm all over it. And you know, then the book's conversation with God. There's only one of us in the room, so of course I did the conference because we're all one, exactly right. I know we get so caught up with identity and who you, me, you do it. I mean, because we just have to remember that if it happens, it happens. It doesn't matter who does it. Cause it's all, we're all one. So I'm doing it, but I'm doing it through you. <laughs> I'm Isn't writing that it through you and
0: you're doing shows through me, you know, like yes. we're is, all that it? is so, yeah, that's so profound and beautiful. And when it's in the ether, you know, like you said, like you put up the idea and then somebody else grabs it out of the ether and you look at what was it, you know, like, like all of these great ideas and you'll see two or three people will grab it. Right. At the same time, the yeah. same idea. And it's yeah. like, you know, that it was in the ether right. and it was just a certain amount of people that grabbed the same thing out of the ether at the same time. And, exactly. and, you know, and those conversations with God books were, were pivotal. I grew up Mormon and uh, wow. it was my, it was my writing wow. because I'm like, Mormons don't believe in reincarnation. And I was like, well, this is a huge problem because I remember all of this. Oh, that blows that out of the water right now. So what am I supposed to do with that? So I didn't tell anyone I was a writer until I was in my late twenties. I wrote in secret in my room wow. and hit the pages. Cause I'm like, I'm not supposed to believe in this or even know this or whatever, because I know that this is real and I'm not making any of it up, but it can't be real because I'm a Mormon. They don't believe in reincarnation. And I'm like, okay, this is a big problem. Um, and then in my thirties, I kind of already started to leave a little bit because of my writing. Um, but then I read the conversations with God books and just for like a year, just exploded my mind. And I was, and it just, it didn't feel like learning something new. It felt like yes. remembering that I already absolutely knew all of this and everything opened up. And it's going to make me cry. I
1: remember where I was living at the time, my daughter was eight. She's thirty now, so that's how long it It was, and I would sit in bed reading those books. I would sit in the car reading them. I'd sit in bed. I'd go to work. Oh, I'd be I, reading. I was in the bed and in the car too, all the time. I'd go read. I read, and I read just sitting in the car three books back to <laughs> back. I think within the span of a week, and then I reread them. Yeah. And re-read. But I remember sitting in bed yep. crying and crying with the remembrance, like yes yes I remember now I remember now and then my I, so I went true. away and my brother and sister-in-law came to stay in my place for a few weeks and I lived in this little underneath someone's house and I looked out at this dirty little courtyard where the car was and it was pretty it was a mm-hmm. nice little modern tiny little place but it was pretty ugly you know there was yeah. no view there was no outlook anyway and so she's sitting right. she, she kept they came and stayed in my bedroom and after they left she said I loved your bedroom and I said why yeah. you know it has no view you like you're looking yeah. at brick walls and it's just the white walls and a bed and she goes I just loved being in your bedroom and then I had this instant flash of me sitting in bed reading those books and I left that energy there for Amy. her yeah And when they came and stayed, she was lying inside that remembering like that, just that opening and that remembering. Yeah. Yeah, She was lying in it in my bedroom.
0: Isn't that beautiful? That is so beautiful. (laughs) And how powerful that the the, the energy of that would be enough that she'd be able to experience it or at least know that something was, was different. Yeah. So that goes back to our conversation about just being
1: here or remembering is doing your work because you're making that energy available even if people yeah. don't see it as remembering but they just see it as i felt so good in your mm. house and your presence you know yeah. where you were i felt so good i you know you yeah. make that remembering available so key yeah. it's such a
0: huge gift isn't it and it's yeah. such a gift yeah. So let's amazing.
1: get into the books a bit. I want to know more about the books. Uh, I want to know the stories. I mean you've w- written so many. I don't know where do we start? And, <laughs> and and is it fiction or is it
0: is it actually Memories of Other Worlds? Mem- yeah, Memories of other worlds. other worlds. Yeah, it really does play like a movie in my in my head. When as right. soon as I start to write, I don't think about it. I've never plotted a story. Yeah, I've never yeah. developed a character. Yeah. Yeah, never- yeah. And, and I don't think about my writing when I'm not writing. If I get a vision and then I start writing about it and as soon as I put my hands down you know, on the keyboard and start to type, then it just starts to play in my mind like a movie and I just type what I'm seeing. Oh. And then when that, when that film strip runs out, sometimes I've had books sit for 10 years. Wow, And I just go work on something else, (laughs) you know, because there's always something there's always, oh, there's always editing to do, you know what I mean? So before I get another download and I'm like, I don't know what happens here. I'll write to a point and I'm like, I have no idea. There's a huge hole in my book, massive hole in my book. I don't know what that is. And then I'll see a, a vision or a little picture of somebody somewhere else in the book. And so I'll just start writing that. And it is so, just so phenomenal, Karen, how those blanks get filled in absolutely no idea how this is going to work out i'm like this is a huge plot hole this is a big problem you know and then i'll write this other piece and then uh, you know i'll just be doing whatever i'm doing and then all of the puzzle pieces will come together i'm like oh that's how that worked out and i'll hurry and go write it in it happens over and over and over again all, with all of my all of my novels. Yeah, it's, it's such a fun, intuitive process. It's so great. It takes a lot of faith though, because you're like, ah, I don't know, I'm going yeah. to figure it out.
1: But you just got to wait to the next installment. Um, yeah. I, 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 I often think that Harry Potter came through like that. It must. Oh,
0: right. Oh, I feel that way. I feel that way about Harry Potter and about Star Wars. Right. I feel that they just like boom, Avatar. You know that they just right. like boom. It was just a download, and they just yeah. yeah.
1: And then we put the human spin on it, like, oh, we've got to have mm-hmm. some more violence and more killing right. and more chasing and <laughs> the human spin, not enough more violence and fear, more running yeah. around. So right. um, so these worlds, what are the name of the world? So let's look at Wing and Nian. So Wing and Nian are the name of two people,
0: uh, male and female, Wing and Nian? Um, no, two brothers. So brothers. One, the Wing and then Nian is his brother, but his adopted brother so and they, what I, world do they live on what's their world um, the planet is called lear and they are on one continent there's three continents uh, ocean ocean and then three continents big continents around the middle and so all four books are just take place on just one continent the lenta continent and um the in a little tiny valley right in the middle of that continent called Braive, and it's very Isolated, So nobody leaves, Ra'i, very high mountainous, really mountainous country, then tiny Valley and nobody leaves and nobody is allowed to come in. They won't even allow traders or anyone to come through. They're very isolated. They have one book of scripture and that's all that anybody reads or can read. There are no other books. And um Wing is, is uh, just a, just a kid. I don't know if he was like eight or nine when his father was out working um, around the around the farm, and he heard some crying and he goes and he finds this little boy. And this little boy is actually from the race called right below Raiv, called uh, Preek. And they have um, almost like like that deep, deep black Nigerian, Skin color that's almost blue, but it also looks kind of like an oil slick. Like if the light is right, it you know kind of kind of has that iridescent um, skin color. So obviously in Raive they'd never seen anything like that before because they're just they're just kind of white folk, you know. And so he get Wing's dad gets this little boy and he's like, "Who left you here? What is the you know?" And he takes him home, and Wing and Nian are like. They're two halves of the same coin. So they eventually discover that, yeah, they did have a soul contract to be born and to find each other. And it's around these two brothers that the rebirth of their whole world takes place. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so wing grows up, or Nian grows up as wing's brother. And um, actually, in Ra'iv, they have more of a religious um, what's the word? Um, they have more of a problem if you're not their religion than skin color. They don't really care because they don't, they don't see different skin color anyway. So they don't really care. So that doesn't bother him about Nian. What would bother him about Nian is if he didn't believe in their ancient writings that they have, you know? So he grew up with that. And um, there's this threat from the North that say, so that's the the doom. And uh, Wing is um, has a lot of visions and a lot of dreams, and they think that he is this leader of legend that will save their people um, in a you know in a time of, of great need or, you know, in a time of war. And Wing is like, no, no, I'm not. And I just want to tend my fields, and I just really want all of you to leave me alone. And um, he's like, if anybody should be this leader of legend, it should be Nian, you know, he's the outgoing one. He's the, you know, he's the the reader. He's like finding books in this old castle. And, and um, he wants to start a school because all the kids are just taught at home. And he's like, but there's so much to learn. I wanna teach him all this stuff other than the ancient writings, you know? and People are like, ooh, slow down. Um, so eventually we have four different stories that are brought together. We have the Ka'ul who are the bad guys from the north, and then we have a princess from Kienis, which is a, another huge valley, and then we bring in two other little valleys, and eventually all of these people are brought together to try and build a force to, um, basically, because the the Ka'ul are slowly invading, and um, they do end up taking Ra'iv, because nobody would know that they were there, so they they find that as a great like base of operations on that continent because it's so isolated. So um, Wing and Nian in one night pretty much lose their their entire world and um, they manage to escape and they uh, they are brought together again and meet together. And then they meet all these leaders of these other valleys that are able to put together a force strong enough to um, push the kawul back and basically save the entire continent from, from being overruns. But it's, it's about saving a world, but it's also about wing is this anchor. There's a massive crystal underneath Ra'iv, which is kind of the heart of their planet. And wing is able to anchor higher consciousness and, and ground it in through his own body into this massive crystal underneath Raive that anchors this new light that allows the new world to be reborn and ra'eve to open up and all of these disparate valleys to join together and to work together and, and, um, you know, save their, save their people by the end, but not like any of them thought it would. <laughs> wow. It sounds fascinating. Do you hope to see them as movies? I'd love to. Oh, all the time. All the time. Oh yeah. I've pictured it so many times in my mind, sitting down in the theater and being able to see Wing and Nian and Raive on the big screen. It's uh, yeah, it's an absolute dream. I hope I get to see it before I, before I die.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. Just Cecil
0: B. DeMille. Just, I've always loved Cecil B. DeMille, the really old, huge, epic, you know, films and, And uh, so I'm very happy to have met uh, my guy in the filmmaking. We hope to be able to. To get it done. To get it done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I might be able to introduce this to some people. I
1: was saying that. That would be great. (laughs) You know, when I was a naturopathic student, I used to work in the film industry catering to earn money. And mm-hmm. um, I always knew I had the schleppiest job. I was the least paid person with the hardest job, you know, sitting in this truck, right. it was like sometimes 50 degrees Celsius in this truck, cooking ah. cooking crappy food for fat executives that were making crappy commercials. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So you no, were I mean. like
0: doing crafty or whatever. You are doing <laughs> yeah. crafty on set. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: I did work on a few movies, so I did a few things. I worked on Babe, and I worked on a few of the big That's movies. That's so cool! I love. But Babe. I, I always knew that before I died, that I'd be back in the film industry some way. Yeah. I, I knew I'd go back there because I loved, I loved the whole I loved the whole movie making business, yeah. and I love watching movies. Like it's my preferred yeah. entertainment rather than reading a book. Although your imagination can be better than what you yeah. see on screen sometimes, yep. but. Um, yeah so yeah I'd love to see them made and and lately I've had th- three film people on the shows lately you,
0: <laughs> yeah. oh my God. I need oh my yeah God. I need to go Just, find those because it's hard because we want to make movies like well you know like the matrix that open people's right. minds every time we try they're like uh, we don't know what to do with this this is like you know even more niche than like Cloud Atlas or something, you know, and I'm just like, ah, oh, we want to make movies that that do that, you know, that open people's minds and, and bring in a bigger energy and a more hopeful. And it's, yeah. And so far we haven't had much luck finding you know investors for that kind of film and it's just heartbreaking I'm like times oh, man. are
1: changing though like you say there's so many star seeds that are awakening mm-hmm. and they're placed in all areas of life and they're inside the movie industry they are the producers and the directors and the casting yeah, directors I
0: agree.
1: and uh yeah times are changing you know I'm thinking of some of the movies because with with all the great with all the great sci-fi movies like matrix and cloud atlas and what's that one that shows the reptilians and the other worlds oh there's Uh, a a jupiter ascending jupiter ascending the wachowski said right
0: that was great
1: right wasn't the (laughs) visuals on that amazing none of them talk about consciousness like none of them mm-hmm. talk about the evolution of consciousness. They do have, you know, telepathic abilities and they have abilities and stuff, but
0: mm-hmm. none of
1: them talk about, and it's like, why has that component been left out of every movie? Yeah. Like the evolution of consciousness, the awakening of consciousness, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's that's the saga.
0: Like that's no, the story. That's not... Anyway. It is, it day. is a hundred percent. And I'm like, you know, our, uh, everybody asked me, They're like, what is, you know, what's the biggest problem, whatever we're facing? I'm like, our our physical technologies, our phones, our things are far exceeding our spiritual technologies. Consciousness has to come first. You you, you keep trying to put the the cart before the horse, as it were. I'm like, all of these other problems in our world, in society, in, in everything, they will all resolve themselves 100%, completely naturally if our consciousness evolves first when when when, when our you know just just evolves,
1: evolves. yes Evol- they're just reminding me they're saying there are movies out there that have that and i'm like oh yeah what they said the last airbender and i said yeah that's true oh that's
0: <laughs> true that's true actually my guy had me watch the last airbender we watched all of it too <laughs> yeah. That is true. They're not it start, wrong. <laughs> it starts off really
1: fabulously and then it gets into the whole, you know, violence and, and yeah, chasing, battle, and, battle, chasing battle. and killing and violence. So much and stuff. chasing and yeah. chasing, lots of chasing. But um, oh my gosh, but it starts off really well. And I remember watching yep. that going, oh, at last, a movie. Yes. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, the violence and the killing and the <laughs> and then- <laughs> You
0: know, it was so funny. We just went and saw Free Guy. Have you seen Free Guy yet? No, and what's ouch. that? Uh, the Ryan Reynolds movie where he's in oh, a video that. game. No, I haven't and, seen uh, it. Freak out! Yeah, I don't know <laughs> this. I don't know about spoilers. Maybe I shouldn't tell you, but it it actually ends up in a way that it's like, hey, maybe life can be better without all the violence. You know, we right. don't need all the murder, murder, stabby, stabby, all the time. We can actually live and be completely rather fulfilled without all of that. So when you go, if you see Free Guy, then then you'll know what i mean at the okay, end cool. so that's out in the
1: cinemas now is it? it's probably yeah. not out on on streaming yet yeah it's just not been released.
0: out there yet yeah oh,
1: amazing what time is it uh we've only been going for yeah. about an hour i feel like we've got in so much in the hour i'm at, I'm at six we have gotten in a lot we have <laughs> we've got a lot oh, okay so beautiful. the leader of legend series is um is about wing and knee and all the way through. And you said
0: yep. that you want to do another 15 books. So that is that a 15 books in the series or is that? Um, no. Yeah. Those are all, uh, I've already started and they're all different worlds. So wing and Nian will just be the four books and okay. the first two are complete. And I'm working on this, the last two. And then um, two in the son of the Metna series. Son and- of the
1: Metna.
0: So is son of the Metna on another world or same world another, world. another yeah, world that's another world Ooh, yep. do you want to and give they, us a little bit of insight into that world that's pretty cool they have almost like avatar a mother tree so they oh. so they're the, called the telacticans is the race and it's just one race but different clans but 12 clans and they are a blending the telactican race is a blending of the great eagles and the giant bats so they've got mat they've got see-through skin so you can almost see their, their bones, almost not quite, not quite see-through, but close. You can see their bones. You can see like their blood vessels and stuff um, and huge wings, but bat-like wings with some hair, some not hair. Well, some hair, some of the, some of the lower clans, um, they have hair as well as feathers, but feathers growing down the back and growing along, along their backs and along the back of their wings. And um the main character in, in Son of the Mentana, the sun is uh, Te Ka. And I saw him again in a vision. I saw this beautiful purple being with these massive bat wings up in the sky, almost like he was in space. And I saw like nebula, like the colors of your background environment, like nebulas and those colors surround. And he was flying through them almost like you would fly through a cloud. And he was so just amazing and beautiful. And I was so enthralled. And then and then he stopped and kind of hung in midair. And then I saw along his, his back, along the big humorous bones of his wings, black, like black veins. And I was like, oh crap. And then I realized he has this thing called the bane, which is a death sentence to talacticans. Um, it's not contagious, but if you are born with it, then basically your clan will hunt you down and kill you because they don't want that stigma associated with their clan because it is a a death sentence. Um, There's no cure. And Teka is the youngest of 17 sons of Clan Metinah, which is the master clan of the Ruchelon jungle where they live. And um, they, their home tree, their mother tree is uh, you kind of think Avatar, you know, massive mother home tree. And that's the home of the first clan, um, Clan Metinah. And it, the story opens with him going through his initiation, which is this huge brand. They put this huge brand on his back and their skin is very sensitive. So it almost melts into the bone and they figure if you survive this initiation, then you are worthy to one, to be in line to become an heir, you know, of the to be a lead, the leader of the master clan. And then uh, that's done by his father and he's the only one in his clan that's purple. So he has this gorgeous purple skin, amethyst wings. And uh, so his father and mother are not a big fan of his. They're like, you're a little freak and we really don't like you. And you like to spend more time on the ground than in the trees where you belong. So they were kind of disappointed when he survived the branding <laughs> in the beginning of the book. And then his mom gives him one more of her feet of the initiations, which he has to go, he has to go find this little tree called the Levitha and bring some back to her. And he's like, she really hates me because the Levitha is a legend. It doesn't even exist. But he's like, okay, you know, you suck, mom, but okay, I'm going. So he goes, and the, the tree supposedly grows in the desert beyond the base clan. So the lowest clan. So he's the highest clan. It's like Romeo and Juliet. He's the highest clan she he's now going to the female led lowest base clan and he's like the, the meekins and he's like this is humiliating anyway he goes there and he meets a woman he meets Leantra, and she's a bright orange talactic and orange wings and beautiful like orange hair and orange feathers everywhere and and uh he's like this is a problem i'm in love now with someone of the lowest clan <laughs> and i'm of the highest clan my parents are really going to kill me um so he leaves and goes back home but then there's a miscommunication because he's got the bane so he makes his own little tree and moves out of the the big tree with his family and he's like when they find out i have this they're gonna hunt me down and kill me and so he's kind of hiding out in his own tree and there's a miscommunication because Leontra thinks well no he just really didn't care because he's of the high clan you know um but eventually they work together and they try to find a cure for him and uh, not to give away too much of the story, but they do. They decide that the only way for him to survive is to try and start his own clan where, so that's again, the birthing of a new world. He's like, there's this old clan system that works for a few, but it sure doesn't work for everybody. And it sure don't work for me because I'm either gonna die or they're gonna murder me. My own you know, family is gonna kill me. Um, so he tries to start a new clan where anyone, even if they have the bane, they are welcome to live there in peace, and you know until they die, unless they can find a cure. So again, it's the building of a new world, and he and Leandra, uh, by the end of that book, try and uh, try and do that together to build a to build a thirteenth clan. Wow. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's again,
1: repeating the conversation that I had on last night with the girls. That's so funny. I, We're all right uh, the
0: same wavelength. That's great.
1: <laughs> I know. Cause one of them, you know, is married to a very conservative husband and he's mm. like, but nobody in my world thinks or speaks like you, you know, you're the strange one. And she's like, I'm not the strange one, honestly. But we were just thinking, she was saying, I'm really saying, you know, we we talked about the split in worlds, like the split in consciousness and and the evolution Mm. of the two worlds. And she said, I always used to think, how is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? And she said, now with what's going on in the world, I see how that's going to happen. So um, that split in, you know, unless you, Unless you change your paradigm, your way of thinking, you're just going to go down that old world paradigm. Yeah. So, with you coming from a yeah. Mormon background, how do your family relate to you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very strangely. <laughs> Did they come
1: with you, or did they say, "Okay, you've gone crazy. You're off on your own," you know, like, or did they say, "Oh wow, that sounds good. Let me come with you"? <laughs> yeah.
0: No, you know, you know, they've been actually very sweet. They've never staged an intervention. Um, I think it's because when I left the church, I didn't leave it for sex, drugs, or rock and roll, or for another church, which I think. Was very confusing. So they're like, the only reason to leave this church is if you're gonna join another church. And I was like, No, because you know, the conversations with God. It's it's all one thing. God right. is everything in everything. There is nothing that is not God. I am God, you are God, I am is 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 us, you know. Right. And it was like whew. um, but since you know i didn't go off the rails and i'm actually a reverend um i did my uh degree i did a metaphysical degree which come which also grants me ministerial rights through the university of sedona um the international metaphysical ministry okay is is uh, that university of sedona in in arizona yeah it's the interfaith practice interfaith is that interfaith or is that different um, no, that's, d- it's different. It's yeah. Different. It's, different. Okay. yeah. Right. it's different. Another one. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. But he went to Dr. Uh, Leon Masters. He actually went to the United States government and uh, though it's under a ministerial heading, he was able to get actual lettered degrees like BSMC or MMSC, you know what I mean? For these degrees. And I'm like, sweet, because I have all of this metaphysical knowledge that is completely unrecognized in any normal university, you know what I mean? Right. So where can I actually show that I have this in, immense, you know, all this knowledge? But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to go to Harvard and have that knowledge recognized, right? Know, all the study and all of that. So I found this university in Sedona, which is Sedona, Arizona. You know, it's a yeah. real mm. it's amazing. Um, so I was able to get my uh, bachelor's degree there in spiritual counseling, and I'm working on. I finished amazing. half my master's work. I'm working on my thesis, which I've written three novels in the time it should take me to finish just my thesis. <laughs> so bad. I just, I need a tutor. I need a tutor for writing this thesis. Um, on the, And I'm doing that on reincarnation. And uh, then I have my doctorate too, which who knows, Karen, I may never, as long as it's taken me to finish the master's paper. But yeah, so my family's been actually really great. They're like, Okay, you're really weird, but they've always known I was really weird. And it was funny. My oldest sister actually joked as a kid that I was dropped off by a spaceship. <laughs> Not spacey at all. Not, I found Star Wars on my own. I found Lord of the Rings on my own. None of my family is in any of this. If they knew half of what I've told you on this podcast, they they probably would be like, "Okay, shy, you've really lost your mind." Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but they've all been. We still speak. My mom and dad both are gone, uh, but my. Uh, two of my brothers and sisters live close and we're really close and we talk all the time and yeah, they're, they're, they know I'm weird, but they're okay with it. And, you know, i don't tell them they're wrong and they don't tell me i'm crazy and we just get along so
1: so they weren't interested in like reading the conversation with god books because i mean the thing about Mm -mm. the beauty of the conversation with god books it is it is you know it's coming from that really religious perspective it's like marrying spirituality and religion it's like it's it's a bridge it's a real bridge for those Mm -hmm. two ideologies and um so they weren't interested in in it no not at all and i think cuz the they've got I, they're like they've got their faith and I, i'm not yeah. not going outside that box and this my is, box
0: i'm in my box yeah. yeah and that's very that's that's everything to them right. you know okay. i mean my family on both sides for generations you know what i mean and so i know that i did come into this family to be the first one to break some of those generational you're smiling you know what I'm talking about to break some of those generational ties you know what I mean and to be an opening and I don't think it will happen for any of them in this life but mm-hmm. as far as this generational line mm-hmm. you know I I know for sure that I that I preloaded myself with the ability to to get out you know to mm-hmm. see a broader perspective without hating it without being antagonistic, because if I'd been, if I'd left it because I was angry, Mm -hmm. well, that's just more bad. It's just, you know, it's just, that's not helping anything, but because I had no animosity uh, for the church or for them staying in or anything that is just purely not for me. Um, You know, we've all been good. There were no, even with my mother, who's her religion was one, everything, everything to her. Mm -hmm. Um, she still, you know, we were still we never had a falling out. I never had a falling out with any of my family over it, you know. So it was more just, you know, that I was kind of liberal. I'm just I'm apolitical now. I, I just I'm just about consciousness. But right, you know, when I think they had a more of a problem when I was liberal in my early twenties from a very conservative than they did with all of my yeah, yeah, you're you're an E T. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> They probably had more problems with that I was a liberal for a few years than, uh, geez. than with the fact that I am, yeah, I'm an ET. It's funny.
1: <laughs> it's a, you know, I have a friend in Utah who came from the Mormon background and she, yeah. she's, you know, gone down her spiritual consciousness evolution. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, she sees people that do leave the church, just being so angry with the church and, and just, throwing out the baby with the bathwater, and she says yeah. that it's not necessary because she said so much of what she learned inside the mormon religion was to you know speak to spirit and it helped her with her um connection with her own spirit guides and uh, yeah. all, all that sort of thing so she said there's a lot yep. of you know there's a lot of beauty there's a lot of teachings in the church that are that are beautiful mm-hmm. uh, you don't have to throw it all out you don't have to diss yep. all of it but um she said yep. that that's a big she wanted to address it, you know, have sort of groups addressing people that are really angry and they go completely mm. hedonistic and materialistic right. and, and do all those things that you're told you're not supposed to do. I don't know the rules, right. and the rules but you're not supposed, yeah. to, do this and you're not supposed yeah. to do that. and all, like do they all the things you're like, not
0: supposed to do. They just go <laughs> nuts. And yeah. And I think because I never did, they were like, okay, well that's weird too, but whatever, you're fine. <laughs> so oh man i guess
1: that's a fascinating interesting story too to you know the live and let live let you have your um uh let you have your beliefs without trying to pull you back in and um yeah Yeah. without disowning you and all that sort of stuff so
0: yeah it was it was pretty yeah that was it was pretty great i got lucky that way a lot of people don't you know don't experience that smooth of a of an exit of a, of the, a transition. transition yeah for you sure you know with
1: my family there we're all star seeds and uh, but i my brothers have not uh, uh, like one of my little brothers he works in the military though so he's very indoctrinated oh, into military wow. thinking but he's yeah. awesome i remember he's a brother from another mother his yeah. mother said to me when he was a kid oh he's going to be a spiritual master when he grows up and he is in many ways oh, and i and you know his decision to go into the military was shocking to his mother but Mm -hmm. he is bringing a consciousness into that realm which wow, is quite is... special and uh but there has been some t- a massive disclosure happening this year and I sent it to my other two brothers who are completely yeah. sci-fi obsessed you know and I've had oh, this good. conversation with them I'm like so you believe in aliens and one of them said oh yeah I believe in them I just don't believe they're here and I'm like why not oh there's no way they could get here it's too far away blah 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 thinking if you yeah I know right <laughs> right I'm right like, Oh, what if I told you you're one
0: of them and he goes oh yeah. <laughs> you like you're like pat 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 it's okay you'll get there you'll get there I'm like uh I don't think they're here and you're just chuckling like oh <laughs> you're not only talking to one you, you are, are one so yeah I'm gonna take this really small steps buddy because I know this is gonna be rough <laughs> I sent them both a text
1: yesterday and I said have you checked out these documentaries because on our mainstream on one of our biggest television channels there was this massive Uh UFO documentary disclosure stuff and then Netflix has brought out this series which is called Top Secret Disclosure yada yada and Mm -hmm. it's like a six-part series which is complete disclosure I mean it's got emery smith you know talking about emery Emery and it's got caroline corey in it and mary rodwell and you know and all the normal sort of military talking heads and but just everyone's in there and i'm just like oh wow so yeah there it
0: is there it is it's everywhere it's so exciting it's exciting that's what i'm saying so exciting so these
1: producers and directors are going to be waking up and they're like yeah we're going to totally make these movies (laughs) Yes. We've got to keep holding on to that vision.
0: Oh, we do. Oh, we do. Because it's so exciting. I'm so excited for that.
1: Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, dying one. It's been such a delight to yes, speak with you me today too. thank you and sharing your story it's just been amazing and the books sound amazing so where do people get them they get, i suppose they're all on amazon are they yep yep they're yep they're all on amazon yep. i'll pop the affiliate links on my page too if okay you wanna, thank you yeah if you want to um, buy them through our affiliate links and i get a few cents i do that with everyone and i i forget to tell people so i don't
0: make no money awesome. from that so i can put those i can, oh no you do too. I'm not that good at that. I can put those I can put your affiliate links on my website too. Can't I? Oh uh, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you can, you can, but it doesn't okay. matter. Yeah, matter right. But anyway, Um. but yeah,
1: they sound amazing and um, I can't wait to read them actually and, and see them, see them in, um, <laughs> see them in, in on the big screen.
0: That would be yeah. amazing. Oh, so excited for that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for being with us yes. on the show. Thank you so much, Karen, for having me. Hello, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. That was an honour. It was great.
1: Isn't she fabulous? Love her. Shite Karelian. Fabulous name too, isn't it? Shite Karelian. There's a bit of a story to the name which we didn't go into, but if you do Google her, you'll see her talk about it on other podcasts. Yeah, we were just discussing about getting these, these books made into movies. They would be so great. Any producers, directors out there, conscious producers, directors, maybe you know somebody that you could direct them to the books. Anyway, I seem to have had a lot of people on the shows lately that want to get their work made into movies. But the movie making business is such an expensive thing. Oh God. You know, when talking to Stephen Simon the other day, I said to him, how much do you think it would cost to make this into a movie goes $30 million. And I'm like, all right, 30, $35 million. Uh, Maybe that can change too. Maybe we can make decent movies for less money. Why does it cost so much? I suppose all the wages, all the wages people need to be paid. And if you get really good, um, actors they charge a lot don't they they do the acting profession seems to be um, one in which you can make a lot of money anyway that's got to all change in this world too has to (laughs) fascinating fascinating story fascinating story oh I just realized there's a word on my background says something don't know what it says probably the property of something (laughs) anyway let me know what you thought about uh about shite and um yeah read the books let me know what you think about the books they sound fascinating they sound like they'd be great too for because they're fiction so for the young minds that like fantasy and fiction too so teenagers or kids even um, something interesting something for kids to think about maybe they could get into them and then you can ask them you know how do you think we can transform our world see how they did it on other planets or other worlds how do you think we can do it here get them thinking Mm, that'd be great wouldn't it be fabulous the transformation of a world that's what we're going through how are you transforming the world what's your puzzle piece in this human jigsaw puzzle Maybe you're a star seed that's just here to beam the love, just to hold the consciousness as we spoke about. Maybe you're here to get into action. Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you're a channel. You know, maybe you're a mother birthing beautiful star children and not teaching them out of their gifts and reminding them who they are or a father, a parent. Or maybe you're waking up your family that are, Sort of stuck in old dogmas and old ways of being, and you being different is a way that you're enlightening the rest of the world. There's another way, there's a new way, because we get so stuck, don't we, in our old way of being, as if it's the right way, the only way. It says that it was written 3,000 years ago in a book or 2,000 years ago in the Bible, it's the only way. But we have to evolve, we have to move forward and evolve and change and. Ev- Yeah. And change and raise our consciousness. That's what we're all up to. Alrighty. I'm not going to say too much more. I'm going to go now. And uh, I did say last week that I was going to have someone this week on the show that wasn't galactic, but she ended up her partner got sick. So she ended up canceling. I had a couple of shows booked in this week. So I did talk about galactic stuff this week. (laughs) so we are still on the galactic track and uh i think we are next week as well i'm not sure who's coming up next week no i don't think we are getting galactic next week i think we're talking about the akashic records next week we're going to talk about the akashic records which are probably totally galactic anyway but there's all sorts of fascinating people coming up on the shows and please remember to like and subscribe and share the shows with people as i said i turned off all the advertising on youtube and youtube just i've never seen the subscription rate plummet so much just plummet like sometimes 20 a day i don't know why people are unsubscribing or if youtube's not doing it they did send me a letter saying they have the right to advertise on all the stuff on their platform and so they're going to probably force me to advertise because they don't like it if you're not making the money which is fair enough they're a business um so yes they don't like it so they stop sharing your shows and um and they unsubscribe people from your channel which has been kind of interesting it's been really interesting because I never had people unsubscribe till like I stopped the advertising and I would have thought it was the opposite because of that advertising so annoying. You're just getting into something and then, you know, a Kentucky Fried Chicken ad pops up right in the middle of what you're listening to someone saying, oh, wow, that's really fascinating and you're completely interrupted by this car ad or something anyway so uh i might need to, i might have to they might force me to turn the advertising back on we'll have to wait and see and if i do they might start sharing the shows. so it's up to you guys to share the shows and get the word out there uh and um, i don't know what happens on the audio platforms i think it's a different deal but on youtube Definitely. All right. Big love to you. And uh Inner Sanctum. Not sure who's coming into the Inner Sanctum, but we did have Preston on in the Inner Sanctum on Monday. And I'll be editing that this week and get that up next week. The highlights, because that was a fascinating conversation with Preston. He's awesome. I just love Preston Dennett. He's such, he's so enlightened. He's such an enlightened master and he's so humble he's really an extraordinary the more I have conversations with him the more I find out about him because he's not someone that talks a lot about himself he started to more like he started to do shows talking about his own experiences on his YouTube channel but he's someone that shares other people's stories because he's a researcher and when you quiz him about his own stories he's he's more fascinating than anyone else he talks about he's just just He's amazing. Anyway, so I'll be getting those highlights up. And uh, yeah, remember to buy the book, *Awakened by Death, if you haven't already, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now.